Really, sir? <laughs> the nerve, the gall. Yeah, That's yeah. just like, wow, this is really what you're doing. Like, right, right. you said Bold this face. out loud. Bold face. <laughs> you said it in print <laughs> and you said it on your on your app. So you really you really believe this, right? right? You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. This is Nika Monford, aka Tech Savvy Diva. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, aka Brother Tech. And welcome to the Snob West Show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. We want to thank our Patreon supporters. We just left out of the live show. So if you want to get in on that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash snobwestcast. That way you can become a Patreon supporter as well as catch some of our previous episodes and um, find out what we have going on for the show. So with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into this week's show. We're going to kick it off with a lowdown where we talk all things Apple. We're going to start with WWDC. 2022, the dates have been announced. I'm sure uh, people have been wondering, you know, what's the information? We just had the event um, uh, last month uh, for that was kind of like Apple's first, you know, big event for the year. So the second big event of the year that's coming out is WWDC. And the dates for that this year are June 6th through June 10th. It will again this year be another all online um, experience. Um, and you know, I think it's a smart idea. They aren't having their employees come back to the office. So it only makes sense that they continue to do this all online, um, experience, especially the pandemic is still raging people. It's, it, it hasn't gone anywhere. People are pretending like it is, but it has not. Um, and at WWDC, for those who don't know, it's called the Worldwide Developer Conference. And that's where Apple brings in, well, Apple doesn't bring them in. People who are in particularly the developer program come and learn about all the latest technologies that related to the um, the OS ecosystem at Apple, meaning iOS, iPadOS, macOS, watchOS, tvOS, and it also gives developers who create apps the opportunity to meet directly with Apple engineers and get a more of a hands-on experience and, you know, improving the, the apps that they've created or that they're willing, that they're going to create, and also to get a peek into the latest technology that they have coming out. I've always wanted to physically go to WWDC. I haven't had that pleasure yet, but I usually do tune in because there's usually some really good sessions um, that I like to peek in on and, and, you know, see what's going on over there in Apple land as far, as well as it comes to the developer aspect of Apple. But Big event, uh, hoping we get to see some, I'm hoping to see maybe a little bit of new hardware. Not likely it's mostly software driven, but uh, we'll see what what comes out of it. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of, um, of, of sessions around the new um, Mac Studio since it was just released. Uh-huh. It's now in the hands of developers. It's now in the hands of users. And people are really getting the chance now to kind of dig into it. So getting the extra insight from Apple engineers directly on the the hardware, in addition to the new iPad Air that came out and as well as the iPhone SE. So it's always a good time. So it should be uh, a good time uh, this year as well. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, they won't. I don't think they're going to announce any hardware. Only thing that a lot of people think that Apple may say something about is maybe some Apple AR uh, VR headset. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we'll see if that comes to pass this year. Um, one of the things that I kind of read a little bit about that happened while I was on vacation last week was the fact that Apple maybe or is forced to let uh, third party uh, entities that have apps on Apple's app store will allow them to um, put links in the app to their own websites where users can sign up for a subscription. The way it works now is if I, you know, um, I, I either have to create an account on the net. If I go to Netflix, like if I'm, I want to sign up for Netflix, I got to go to netflix.com, sign in, create an account, pick my subscription. Or if I do it with an app, I'll be doing it via Apple subscription. Of course, Apple gets 30% of, you know, any subscriptions that's created within their app, you know, so third-party apps, third part, they've been figuring, trying to figure out the best way to, <laughs> you know, they, they, according to them, they're like, oh, you know, Apple shouldn't be the gatekeeper and that, that cuts down on competition and yada, yada, yada. Really, they just don't want to give up that 30%. Right. <laughs> so Exactly. So uh, WWTC, they may either talk about it or may unveil a process to where um, apps that offer subscriptions on the App Store will be able to let users open the app in the App Store, but it'll take them to an external link to where they can sign up, create an account, and get a subscription. So it'd be interesting to see if Apple does that. Um, other than that, I can't think of anything um, outside of you know them announcing uh, iOS 16. You know, uh, Nika mentioned that they do all of the the hardware. They announced some sort of new OS, but most people are looking for the iOS stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, iOS 16, they'll probably uh, announce some new features about that. Again, I'm not all that jazzed about iOS until they like offer a new interface. Mm. Um, of course, they'll have the app icons. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep saying it. I want them to to, to steal <laughs> the live tile uh, functionality from Windows Phone. Right now, you can create the widgets. You can make them mm -hmm. different sizes, and they have like the weather, or they have you like can customize them with the colors and all that. Stuff. Right, right. But in addition to that, I want it to be live updates. Like that information really doesn't change on the screen unless mm. you flip to another screen or open an app or lock the phone, and then when you unlock it that information will update. Mm. I want it to update live. Like for instance, if I have a widget that has messages, if somebody sends me a message, I should be able to see that live tile, quote mm. unquote, uh, live, live information change right there on the screen and I can interact with it within that tile. Or if I need to open it up and, you know, type a longer message or whatever right. it may be, it'll open into the fuller app, you know, uh, widgets, you know, uh, Apple is slowly but surely integrating them, but I, I want them to move faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so we'll see. I'm I'm assuming we'll we'll start to see some maybe um, 
not mock-ups, but maybe some screen captures, maybe some little snippets of what's coming with the with the new iOS uh, 16, of course. That goes with iPad, OS 16, and da 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 da. Um, so it, it should be interesting to see what they release of that. But prior to WWDC, it appears that we will get an iOS 15.5 um, before um, before the, the conference. So um, we'll see uh, what uh, is is included in that, uh, that they are so willing to go ahead and, and drop it before iOS 16. So uh, that might, I doubt, I don't think it's too much. I'm kind of looking through. I don't think it's too much. That's coming in fifteen. That would fifteen five. Yeah, that would cause any type of you know disruption or take the eyes off what's coming up. But um, it is it it is coming because I believe the beta is out there already. So the release candidate should be should be pretty 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 soon behind it. But it should be uh, interesting to see again. Like I said, the sessions are always pretty uh, interactive and fascinating. Some of the talks are so. Um, so yeah, I will definitely be tuning into, to some of the events and the sessions. So looking forward to that. Next up on the Apple docket, speaking of, um, a little bit of Facebook, uh, the app tracking, we talked about that. Um, I think last year, how Facebook, you know, they took the ad out in the paper. They were all up in an uproar about the tracking, the, the, the crackdown that Apple was going to do on some of the external tracking of, of apps once you leave the apps. So um, the app uh, tracking transparency was included. Every time it pops up and asks me to allow tracking, I always say no, right. do not allow, I do not want it. Um, it seems that a lot of people are doing that because it appears that this new um, crackdown for this uh, app tracking is going to cost Facebook about another $13 billion for 2022 alone. So it appears that this new feature is having the intended effect that Apple had and the effect that Facebook was hoping to try and block. Because again, even though Facebook has this ginormous amount of money, tracking people, selling people, selling people's data to people, that's, you know, a part of their business model. And, you know, even in the world of big tech, 13 billion is nothing to sneeze at. So this information came out from a company called, no, how do you pronounce it? Low Tame? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> low to me? Low to me? Low to, I don't know. It's L-O-T-A-M-E. However you pronounce that in your region, neck of the woods. That's what it is. So they basically, you know, said that, you know, they did a, a breakdown of, you know, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube to show, you know, the the differences and the expectation of, of loss of revenue. And it's pretty significant, you know, across all of the social apps. But I think Facebook is taking the biggest hit, which makes sense because Facebook is the largest. But it's it's just it's coming to show that people are really actually using that feature to not allow themselves to be tracked. And it is going to cause a ripple in the bottom line of Facebook. Which again, um, I had a spiel in our live show to where if you are a Patreon subscriber, you you already listened to that or you get that on the replay. Um, that kind of goes along with what I was mentioning before. You know, companies will do what you'll allow, what we allow them to get away with mm -hmm. and data and privacy 
has something that should have been an opt-in from the word go. From jump. But, but from the word go, it's always been, well, companies have done the least when it comes to data and security and have just done whatever and have been very lucrative at doing whatever. Now, all of a sudden, a company, for example, Apple, is giving people the choice of whether or not they want their uh, data um, you know, leaked or whatever the case may be. They want to keep their data private or not, you know, which should have been the option from the word go. It should have been they lock everything down and then they give us the option to say, hey, do you want your data this and that and the third and let us decide? Now they're kind of doing that. And now these companies like Facebook are up in an uproar about how much money they're losing or it's becoming obvious at the hit that they're taking as a result of the company finally just saying, okay, well, we're going to lock stuff down and give users the option to opt into sharing their data. And obviously (laughs) most people with presented the option are like, no, I'm good. (laughs) So uh, Facebook's like, if if this is that much of a concern, they're uh, they may have to find another way to make some money because like Nika mentioned, their main revenue model is convincing companies, small businesses, even users. Mm -hmm. If you want your post, your information that you put on Facebook seen by pretty much anybody, (laughs) you got to pay, you know, whether it be from me, you know, me and Nika as people, they, they charge you $5 to boost a post. Mm -hmm. If you pay them $5 or whatever, you'll get these many more eyebrow eyeballs. If you're a registered small business on Facebook, you can take advantage of Facebook's ad manager and you can do all these things, you know, to see, you know, to reach these many, you know, these additional people. Hopefully Nika will come back. Hopefully I didn't lose her. Uh, But anyway. Into data. Uh, There you go. Uh, It's a shame that we have to opt into data privacy. And now that we're opting in to being more private with our data, these companies are losing a lot of money. That's kind of like a, that's the indication of how we as a society operates, if you just ask me. But then, like I said, I'm a step to get off my soapbox. (laughs) Yeah. And there and there are whole companies that sole job is to teach people how to use Facebook ads to promote their business. Mm -hmm. So it's like an offshoot of an offshoot uh, for for the for this to work. And to put it into context from this company, they're saying that overall between these four companies that I mentioned, that it's a 16 billion dollar revenue loss mm-hmm. but for facebook alone 12 12.8 billion of that wow. belongs to facebook over, so, over three-fourths oh yeah yeah so the remaining what three billion roughly is split between snap twitter and youtube so if you say it's evenly you know snap lose about a billion twitter lose about a billion youtube use about lose about a billion but facebook will lose about 13. Mm. so to put that in context of how much of the business model this tracking and ads are for Facebook. This is this is it. This is a it's a huge chunk. So uh, well, it's, they better figure it out. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see um, what they do because again, this is just for Apple iOS products. This isn't for any of your Android products. So they still get the tracking 
I'm assuming, I would assume, why would they take it off? If well, Google, Google off. is trying some form or fashion to this, but it's not as cut and dry as Apple. Apple is like on or off. Google mm-hmm. is like they, you know, because again, Android is owned by Google and mm-hmm. Google's main revenue is um, the uh, Google, you know, google.com. Mm-hmm. And if I, if you are searching for um, best Apple podcast, right? Or, you know, Apple podcasts, black Apple podcasts or whatever, mm-hmm. what me and Nika can do is we can, as a podcast, we can go to Google and pay for ad words and keywords and all these tricks to when somebody searches for Apple Podcasts or Black Apple Podcasts, our name gets to the top, right? So Google, they, with Android, they're like, "Ah, they can't do too much because because that'll interfere. Yeah. 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 It's conflict of interest to say the least. So they're, they're not as straightforward, but they are trying some things you can see now. If you go to pretty much any website, you're automatically going to get a pop-up that talks about cookies and what these are, and you got to allow manager settings. And yeah, yeah, most people just go click. I want to see it. I want to see it. But you know, company a tide is starting to change, where companies are either uh, by force or you know, for the quote-unquote best interests of our readers, our customers, out are uh, surfacing data privacy um, options. Right. All right. So the next thing on the docket for the lowdown, I I thought this was pretty interesting. I actually found it on Forbes website. Um, Now that, you know, I went somewhere in March, Terrence and the fam went somewhere in, in April, people are starting to get back heavily into travel. It sounds like some of the mass mandates are they're lobbying to get some of the some of those lifted. So people are back out in these streets. And one thing, you know, to keep in mind is there's still some thievery going on in the dancery. So this um, suitcase company called Samsara, they are a um, smart luggage company. Um, I think we've all heard of Away. I think that's probably by far the most popular one, or at least the most visible one that I've seen. Well, this company, uh, Samsara, they have um, incorporated air tags into their luggage. Originally, they just kind of had a slot for the um, the air tags, and they had some other biometrics type um, tracking for, for their particular luggage. But now they have inside of the luggage a slot so you don't have to worry about you know just dropping your air tag into a zip compartment or getting one of the what do you call them the, the little tags the little, yeah, little tags, tags they hang on right yeah it is a built-in slot on the inner lining of the suitcase so you can just slide your air tag in mm-hmm. and it comes with the air tag so you don't have to purchase the air tag separately. So I wanted to get your thoughts. Do you think more companies are going to jump more? I guess I'll say smart luggage companies are going to get on this wave because one of the issues in the article that I read, it it was saying that they had a separate app, a third party app that would do the tracking for them. And then I, I'm sure, pretty sure they realized Apple has one of the best tracking systems. Why don't we just cut uh, the expense and the cost of managing a third-party app and integration and just get the AirTags. Well, AirTag, what, 25 bucks a piece? 
and you know we can notch them in and build a space and it makes it a lot easier for our customers to you know willing to to pick up our luggage because the air tag comes you know quote unquote built in right so um anybody that can add smart to anything that they sell <laughs> right. that's like a added you know um uh niche you know um not a niche trendy uh, thing to do to add buzzword yeah buzzword to you know add marketability to your product you know smart toothbrushes smart forks and spoons smart <laughs> this smart glasses smart everything right yeah. so it makes sense that people would come up with smart luggage um the in the article that you linked and we'll make sure we put in this in, in the show notes they mention away which is one of the first companies to come up with smart luggage and what they would do is they would put a first they had it built in a battery that you could charge your iphone your laptop your tablet mm -hmm. um airports kind of pushed back and said hey you know we don't want this <laughs> a highly flammable thing <laughs> you know in luggage compartment so then uh, a way they had to uh, pivot and they made them a removable so now you can, if you buy a piece of away luggage and you get the little, and you, you know, you, you know, they supply the, the battery, smart battery, but you can take the battery off and do it as a carry on or whatever. So that kind of alleviates the issue that the airports had. Right. So again, you know, smart luggage is not new. Um, another thing I've, uh, which kind of makes this company, Sam Sarah come in at the right time. You mentioned that people are starting to travel more. Uh, there's a lot more people trying to travel. I just read a story to where uh, airlines are running out of um, flights to and, and and pilots to handle this influx of demand for flights. And I've seen as a result, a lot of people personally that I know, whether it be Facebook friends or whatever, have had their luggage lost in the past couple weeks, couple months. So uh, this company, Samsara, kind of is coming in at the right time where more people are traveling and more people are looking, losing their luggage. So to be able to uh, market that if you buy a piece of their luggage with an AirTag, you'll get an AirTag. And not only will you not have to use a third party app, you can just use the Find My app since we're already giving you the air tag and is built in and they're making it more inconspicuous, you know, because if, you know, I mean, any luggage, I don't know, you call them, are they luggage looters or whatever you would call people who would steal luggage at an airport? I'm guessing it's an inside job. In my mind, the people who are at the airport, taking not making bags, no money, not, not money. hardly making peanuts, Throwing all this luggage around, I'm pretty sure they're like, look, I'm gonna get my money. So I'm pretty like sure. Like Denzel said, I'm leaving with something. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, uh, no disrespect to all you, you know, the luggage people out there, but I'm pretty sure it's y'all. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure they know what the signs to look for, you know, this. So I'm pretty sure they're cutting, you know, any sort of external air tag clips that you can buy on Amazon mm -hmm. or Best Buy or whatever the case may be, you know, and they may even take a quick check. If they, mm -hmm. if they don't see something external visible, they may check some pockets. The they inside. may check some of the, you know, the known places 
They may open up, up, open up the luggage and dig their hands down in the bottom or search between clothes. But because if, they're searching for weapons. <laughs> right. And stuff to steal. Right. Yeah. So if this company, uh, Simsara, is like legitimately um, um, selling this luggage, not, not legitimately, legitimately in the sense that it's a legitimate hiding spot for the air tag. You know, again, you're not necessarily trying. You don't want to catch anybody stealing your luggage. You want to prevent them from stealing your luggage in the first place. But <laughs> if I had a choice between somebody cutting off the mm. bag tag that has the air tag on it to where oh, versus me being able to look on a phone and quickly alert the airline or whomever. Hey, y'all said my luggage is here, but looking on my phone, my luggage is here. You know, maybe that'll get them. I'll get my luggage back faster than you know putting a a, a air tag on a thing externally. But hey, don't steal my stuff right. because I don't think that's going to deter anybody. <laughs> yeah, because I said it's it's a simple procedure to insert the air tag. It's done from inside the liner of mm -hmm. the carry on itself. So right. you probably have to unzip something, and if you got luggage, you have to take everything out, right, unzip right. it you know, take the tag out and then zip back up, put the stuff back in there. So it's one of those things where it, it makes it, if anything, a little bit more difficult to, to more time consuming, yeah. which if I am a luggage Please. looter, that's what I'm just, <laughs> that's, that's my name for you now. If I'm a luggage looter, I'm going to go for the, the easy pickings, the low hanging fruit right. versus trying to, to rummage around this Samsana luggage, trying to find the air, the, the, the lining, to to rip that out, you know, I'm gonna go for the low hanging fruit. So maybe right, it's a current. Be aware, they Samsara is coming for you. And one of the things that I noticed is that the price of the luggage isn't too far outside the normal smart luggage price range. So it says it starts at 355 for the poly bicarbonate shell. And um, it's five ninety five for the full aluminum case, um, and you can pre order both now for two hundred sixty five dollars and four hundred and forty five dollars. So you save a couple ducats as well if you go ahead and uh, pre order them now, and they will ship around the middle of next month. So well, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I'm gonna keep it a hundred. I'm still uh, Coles. Uh, JC Penny, uh, twenty four ninety nine for five pieces price range. So they they price me out of it. Maybe I need to step up my game, but I don't see myself traveling no time soon. But no, I take it back. We are uh, uh, flying to um, uh, Missouri for a wedding next month, I think. So uh, maybe 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 I had to step up my game, but uh, get you one piece and see how you like it. See how I like but it. looking at the pictures of them, they're very sleek. Um, you know, they kind of give you the the vibe of the like a way back. So it's very sleek, very modern looking. You know, mm -hmm. looks like the colors black, white, and yellow. So I mean, if you're already in the market for some luggage, if you are were already thinking about purchasing something like away. This might be a better option. And if you get on the pre-order now, save you some money. All right. That wraps it up for the lowdown. Let's head on over to Second String where we talk all other tech. So this week's Second String is pretty much social media heavy. We only have a couple things to talk about, but the things that we do have to talk about are, are fairly interesting. 
So let's kick it off with Twitter. So their Twitter is toying with a new feature uh, called a mentioning, which allows you to remove yourself from a conversation on Twitter, whether someone tags you in it, uh, unbeknownst to you, you're put in a conversation that you don't necessarily want to be in, you will be able to remove yourself from that tweet and being removed, move, removing yourself using this unmentioning, you won't be able to be added back to this thread. So it's like, you don't want to be here. If someone else tries to add you back, then we're not going to allow that to happen. So it, I think it's just another um, improvement to the app. I think they are listening to people to some extent. They're like, get over this edit thing, you're not getting that, but we will give you this unmentioned feature. And it doesn't appear based on what I've read to be a part of Twitter Blue. It it appears to be a part of just the free subscription, okay. the free subscription service. Um, so yeah, so it'll help you, you know, curate your timeline even more. As we talked about a bit in the pre-show, we know that social media can be a bit of a dumpster fire. Um, on its worst days, on its good days, it can be very helpful. But in this particular um, instance for this feature that they're testing out now, it hasn't been um, pushed out, um, you know, platform wide. It is in still in the testing phase, but it will give you the opportunity to leave a conversation that one you didn't be asked to be in, and two you don't want to be in anymore. Well, so I um I just recent not- uh, recently noticed that when I do feel like replying to a comment, whether it be the original poster or replying to somebody who replied to the original poster, you can actually go in before you reply and select specifically who you want to reply to. Mm. So I've been trying to do that more when I want to respond to a specific, specific person, comment, not everybody that's not on everybody above me or everybody that that person replied to or mentioned or whatever. So I'm trying to be more cognizant in doing that. Uh, this unmentioned thing is for like if I put out an original post and then everybody is replying and then it goes viral. He was like, it, I don't want to be a part of this no more. <laughs> Right, right. Even though it was right. bad, but, I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> but I think that is a gift and a curse, right? Because I, if I don't want to, to, if I'm not a part of the conversation, right? If the person, the third person replying is not necessarily replying to me, they're replying to the person that replied to me. Mm-hmm. And then them two want to have a conversation. I don't need to be ABC that. my way out because you're not really. <laughs> You're not really talking to me, even though I started the initiated subject. it. Yeah, right, right. I, You're not I, really I talking to me. I was the conduit between the two of you. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't want to be that link anymore. Let's have break that it conversation amongst yourselves. <laughs> but right. I think, uh, as the original poster, um, um, and something does go viral, um, it could be for good, and you've highlighted something that everybody decided to talk about. And you don't want to have your phone buzzing because, you know, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Everybody responding or whatever. So you can turn your, un, you can unmention yourself that way. That'd be a benefit, but also a negative because if you go viral for saying something dumb, personally, I think it should stay on to where you, you going to take, you going to feel this heat for saying something <laughs> stupid. Right. So the ability to unmention yourself when you say something stupid, you don't want to delete it. Because, you know, we screenshot it, whatever the case may be. You can't it's endless it. forever. You might as well not delete it because it's not going nowhere. Someone got it. 
Right, right, right. Um, I think I think it may not necessarily backfire, but I, 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 in some cases, I think it is a good thing that you can't unmention yourself right now because you know, again, you may say something dumb, and your phone should burn up <laughs> because you did say something dumb. But I think for what this is meant for is if I'm replying to something and people are responding after me, and I'm no longer part of the conversation, yeah, I should be able to, I should be able to unmention myself. Right. And it's, and again, let me be clear. Like I said, it, it is only for a, a smaller population of the Twitter audience. And for now, it's only on the web version. So again, they're testing it, I'm sure, seeing the engagement, seeing how it works, keep working out any kinks. Um, so I hope that this makes it into production for the actual app, because I think a lot of people will take advantage of this because it's like, I don't want to be in this anymore. Let me... My name's Bennett. I'm not in it. Let me out. And it keeps so, down confusion because if yeah. I'm following along on the conversation, you know, I could get lost in who you're actually talking to. And you, I've seen it many a time mm -hmm. on Twitter to where somebody will reply to something and the person, two people above, that ain't what I meant. That ain't what I said. And then mm -hmm. other people are like, I wasn't even talking to you. But, oh, yeah, I've seen that kind of whole conversation yeah. play out. I wasn't even talking to you. I was talking to the person that said, bye, 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 bye. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've seen My that. My bad. <laughs> so so un, unmentioning yourself and people seeing that you're not a part of that conversation could keep down a lot of confusion as well. Yep. And it seems like uh, I, I haven't checked the web version to see if I have that. I probably don't. But it just it, in case you want to check to see if you have it, um, the, the leave this conversation option will appear in the menu that pops out of the corner of the tweet tab. So when you click like the little plus button with the little tweet, and that you'll also see the mute and embed options as well. But if you click on the leave the conversation, it'll bring up an option menu that gives you the full rundown of what's gonna happen when you leave this conversation. Well, the username gets untagged, it stops future mentions in the conversations. And again, you'll stop getting the notification. So it'll, it gives you, you know, pretty much before you decide to leave this conversation, we're gonna tell you exactly what this entails. In case you change your mind or, you know, you want to, I don't think you can undo it, but it's one of those things where it, it does give you pretty clear distinction and lines around, um, you know, what goes along with leaving a conversation. Yeah. I'm trying to see, I don't, I don't have, I don't go viral like that. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to be, I'm gonna, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I had to worry about this. I did all that talking. I never had to worry about it. <laughs> but one day you might, you never Maybe. know. <laughs> So the next thing up in second string, I mentioned it was very social media heavy this week. My have the tables turned. Uh, Facebook, i.e. Meta, caused that big stink about Apple taking 30% of the revenue from the App Store. Well, 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 hello, Metaverse. Um, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, they want to take up to 47.5% on digital assets sold within the virtual reality platform Horizons World. So I guess it's not good for Apple to come for 30% of your um, uh, revenue. Uh, they want to up the ante a little bit and come for almost 50% of what you sell in this, such hypocrisy in this digital space. I mean, 
I don't know if you guys remember, but we did a whole, I think it was over a course of a couple of weeks where we talked about this because they took out full page ads in like 10 newspapers, you know, saying that this is the worst for the consumer. This we're thinking about you, our customer, because again, if a product is free or if a service or app is free, you, the individual are the product. So I saw that on Twitter and I was like, that's very, that is very true and a very good way to think about it. And of course, these apps, Facebook, Twitter, all of these things are free. So you right. are the product. And um, I guess maybe this is the way Facebook is coming back for the revenue they're losing out on this app transparency. They're coming for 50% of your digital assets in uh, the metaverse. So I thought I saw this and I was like, you know what? I'm not even surprised by this. I'm not even surprised by Mark Zuckerberger uh doing this right i mean nobody is i mean because i mean all you got to do is go on his facebook page like in this story you referenced in the show notes uh they found and pulled the quote where zuckerberg shared on facebook and this is a quote as we build for the metaverse we're focused on a lot unlocking opportunities for creators to make money from their work the 30 percent fees that apple takes on transactions make it harder to do that. So we are updating our subscriptions products so now creators can earn more. <laughs> and then they and turn by around. the creators earning more, Apple earns more because they're taking 50% of right. so the, the revenue it, that you make. It's crazy that, you know, uh, people like Zuckerberg and even like Elon Musk in recent weeks, oh, their comments, it's like they don't, Nobody says, hey, man, don't say that <laughs> because X, Y, and Z and ABC, you know, it's just like they'll just, they really believe that the thing that they are about to say is this revolutionary, mind-blowing, uh, mind no way negative comment that they're about to say. <laughs> they sound <laughs> when, like a genius. This makes right. them huge businessmen. And I think what's the kicker to this, the... uh the Meta's VP of Horizon, Vivek Sharma says, quote, we think it's a pretty, pretty competitive rate in the market. We believe in other platforms being able to have their share. But you just told Apple that they was taking too much of the share. But now it's okay because you want to take a share and a half pretty much. Now it's okay because it's the competitive rate. Really, sir? <laughs> the nerve, the gall. Yeah, That's yeah. just like, wow, this is really what you're doing. Like, right, right. you said Bold this face. out loud. <laughs> Bold face. <laughs> you said it in print <laughs> and you said it on your on your app. So you really, you really believe this, right? right? So it's just really hypocritical. And it's one of those things where I don't think anybody is surprised, but it's just like the gall right. for you to be so up. I mean, I guess they could kind of hide it somewhere, but they're like, nope, this sounds good. We're right. being competitive. Uh, it's just, it's wild. Almost 50%. 47%. That is a big percent for anything, anything 47. Anything. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to like, make sure you charge people enough to, to make up that to 45%. Make up, to make up that 47, uh -huh. 50% that they're taking. Yep. yep. It's wild. It's wild. But what do you expect from from this particular company? Yep, if they can do it, they will. They, As they you've won't said multiple times before, 
if they could do it, mm-hmm. they will, they'll steal it all. If they could get away with 75% they and they do, do, they do it. I mean, they're already pretty close at almost 50. So, you know, people will take as much as you're willing to allow them to take. And again, not excusing Apple for th- taking 30%. No. But this is like, you can't complain about Apple taking 30 and then you turn around and take 47 Right. And I mean, and have a full court press about how wrong it is. Right. Like, what? Yep. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That wraps up Second String. We're going to head over to For the Culture, where we talk about things that are socially relevant to us or pretty much anything we just want to talk about in general. <sighs> your boy. <laughs> this is your boy. Elon Musk, uh, last week, I believe, while you were out vacationing, mm-hmm. um, Elon Musk bought the largest share possible. Well, not the largest share possible, but he is the largest shareholder of Twitter stock. In addition to him uh, getting that largest share, here comes speculation of will he be on the board? Um, what type of influence will he have? And so, of course, the Twitter discourse over that week was just raging because in the midst of him, you know, buying these shares, it was also controversy because he was like, he made a tweet of like, these are the top 10 accounts on Twitter and they don't even tweet that often. Like, is Twitter going down or is Twitter going bad? Mm-hmm. And people are like, so are you trying to drive the price down so you could buy more shares? Mm-hmm. Or are you just being the egomaniac that you are and saying, I got, you know, $3 billion laying around. So, hey, let me, you know, jump over into Twitter because he, along with the former guy, are avid, you know, proponents against, you know, Twitter specifically because they say it blocks free speech. And mm-hmm. I saw of a lot of former guys, people talking about, yeah, Elon Musk is there. He's going to bring back free speech. First mm-hmm. of all, free speech never left. And you need to take a civics class because if you think that talking on Twitter is violating your civil rights as it relates to free speech, you're stupid. Right. There's that. So it was a lot of people talking about, do you know, this is the end of Twitter as we know it. I know I was one of those people and saying that if this guy gets on this board, mm-hmm. the havoc that he is going to wreak on Twitter is going to be insane. And again, this is a guy who is currently being sued in California for, you know, treating black employees, calling them the N-words, having nooses, having them do manual labor, uh, you know, hand cleaning the floors, calling the workspace, the plantation where they work, having, you know, the temperature super cold. So it was very uncomfortable. This is the guy that you want to bring into your board when he has active, you know, basically civil rights and um, and not harassment, probably harassment in there too, but civil rights violations, um, anti-worker um, litigation against him. This is who you want up all in your business. This is, this is who it is. So my 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 beef with all this is actually with Twitter. And the reason why I say that is because Twitter knows who Elon Musk is. Mm-hmm. Twitter knows Elon Musk's history as it relates to stoking fires via social media, specifically via Twitter, right? Having knowing all that without doing any sort of intensive background check because you know word on the street was 
they did this deep investigative research and maybe really? found something that people may not jive with uh, if he were to actually join the board. Even without doing that, just looking through his tweets, they know that he can, out of the blue, say some inflammatory things, so much so that Tesla's board got on him for, hey, you need to chill oh, out. You can't say that. <laughs> right, right. Tesla and their own people was like, hey, man, ease up, right? So the fact that Twitter, the company that he put those messages on was yeah. like, this is a good idea. No, this is not a good idea. Bring it on. <laughs> right? Bring it on. Yeah. So, and I so, think, oh, go ahead. And I was going to say, the fact that they thought about it and went forward with it for as long as they did before either Elon Musk backing out or Twitter deciding to remove him, which according to the CEO uh, Twitter, his name is uh, um, Parag Argwal. Uh, according to the message that they put that said uh, that that they he wasn't joining the, the uh, board, they say Elon Musk has decided. decided not to join the board. Not after further review, we decided that Elon Musk wouldn't be the best bet or the best fit. They said Elon not decided not to join the board. And then they say, we announced on Tuesday that Elon would be appointed to the board contingent on a background check and formal acceptance, right? Um, they, they, they say it was a good idea. Uh, let me find the, that was the wrong quote. Let me find the quote where they say, uh, the board and I had many discussions about Elon joining the board and with Elon directly, we are, ex we were excited to collaborate and, and we're clear about the risks, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> they say, um, <laughs> uh, when he decided he wasn't going to join the company, I believe this is for the best. Well, which one is it? Were you excited that he was going to join the board or we believe him not joining the board was for the best? It's like this statement I, is a word salad of contradictions. Right. They and, they it starts off with Elon has decided not to join the board. That was their way of giving Elon the way to save face because they knew after the uproar on Twitter after the uproar from its Twitter's employees, there's no way on earth they could allow this man to be on the board. But of course, again, he's a he's an egomaniac, so they have to, you know, the, the be only, soft and all that type of thing to make him, you know, feel like he's doing something. The only way that I can conceive that Twitter thought this was a good idea is if they thought that by him buying that large amount of shares and then by him joining the board, he would be more concerned with the overall value of his shares. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't say inflammatory things. Right. <laughs> the very That's next day, he went on there and started talking about is this platform going down? Right, right. So That's the only conceivable thing that I can think Twitter's like, yeah, we can rein him in if he's on the board. If he's on the board, we can be like, yo, chill out. But since he's not on the board, we can't really reach out. We can't touch him. But now he's on the board. Maybe we can actually influence him some shape, form, or fashion. Um, that's, only, that's the only logical explanation 
Um, some other things that was running around rumors was um, Elon may be interested in buying Twitter. So this him stepping down as far as a board member uh, makes paves the way for some sort of um, takeover right. hostile. I forget the actual terms for it, but there's some rumors that, you know, maybe he uh, it'd be a conflict to him being on the board and then some sort of conflict um, by him being on the board now that would kind of dampen or limit his ability to have even more control later. Uh, this story, this story mentions is the numbers, right? It says um, um, Elon would, um, he has like, um, I think he said 9.2% 9 yeah. of the company shares. Mm -hmm. But um, if he joined the board, that's about as much as he could purchase. He couldn't uh, own more than 14.4% of the company. Right, right. So 14.9, sorry. That that lead that that suggests that by he Elon Musk not being on the board, he could possibly now own more than 14.9%. Again, mm -hmm. I don't know if Twitter would let him do that, you know, but But could they stop him though because it's stock? It's, it's Right, it's him created. not being on the board, that's one less roadblock for him to own right. more than 15% of the company. Right. And let's be clear, even though he's not on the board, he still is a single large, largest shareholder. So he still wields significant influence over this company. And he's and he's still inflammatory. And yeah. in, at any time he can roll out of bed and say something crazy on Twitter. So. <laughs> and again, like we mentioned before, with companies, they'll they'll take as much you allow them to give. Same with this guy. The more they are willing to allow him to get and the the more they are allowing him to, you know, just be himself, the more he's going to, you know, feed into it. And now he has this title of the largest shareholder of Twitter, you know, that just feeds even more into the ego. And he is going to continue to take it, take and wield that influence with a wild sword. Because again, as I mentioned before, he is an egomaniac. He has this big personality, this big ego. So, you know, what better way for a person with this type of ego who has wild Twitter fingers to really just kind of flex his muscle to say, you know what, I can buy all this or I have this influence. Or I have that influence. It just leads to more. The You know, the more people, you know, the rope that you're willing to give them is the rope they're willing to take. Yeah. Yeah. I I. I still think that they like well he'll be more concerned he'll he'll be easy on twitter if the value if he says something and the value of twitter goes down then he's a direct response for that so by him owning all these shares he'll be more cognizant of what he says and so his value or his uh, worth in this company um won't go down uh i don't think they know Elon Musk that well. <laughs> I mean, he's already the richest man in the world. You know, he has right. a net worth of what, 260, 250 billion dollars. So yeah, the stock goes down, you know, eh, he, I mean, I don't think he's, he has that much money. I don't think he's really too much worried about stock prices. Too I don't much. understand why they even considered him in the first place. I still, I'm trying to make excuses as to why this, they thought this was a good idea, but um, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's that type of character. There's no such thing as bad press. 
Yeah. And he has these fanboys that, you know, want to be him so on bad his, on his every word. I mean, they're just hanging on they for be dear this life. Dude so bad. I think that's the American dream. Um, and not to get too, too sidetracked. Um, I think it's the American dream for people to be so rich that they can do whatever they want to do. Not F just money, not just being it's not the American dream to be rich or wealthy. It's the American dream to be so rich and so wealthy that I can do whatever, whatever. I want. And when I they can squash you like a little bug. Right. And when they see uh, Elon Musk saying crazy things on Twitter, when they see your your boy, um, uh, Amazon CEO going to almost Bezos. space, Bezos going to almost space, you know, with all this money, I think people, people, rel people uh, live vicariously through these cats. And so they have one, that thought that one day that could be me. One no, day that could be me. So how it's dare you? How dare you talk bad about this person? Because that I could be one day. <laughs> I could be that I, one day once I hit this lottery <laughs> or come up with this genius idea to patent. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there one day, you know, but that couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> couldn't be further from the truth. And the other thing about these Twitter shenanigans, he's already been sued by um, a Twitter investor over the way that the stock which was purchased from Jump. So mm -hmm. there's some shrouded in mystery, it appears backhanded, let me slide in and, you know, purchase more than I'm allowed to at a single time, you know, all these other things. So now um, a Twitter investor, I'm not sure if they said his name Mark, or not. Yeah. Mark, Mark Rosella. Rosella. Um, he filed a, a, better, a lawsuit in federal court on Tuesday alleging that um, Elon failed to disclose his purchase of the 9.2% uh, um, quickly enough, and it caused this guy to lose money. So he's, I think, where I think this lawsuit will go wrong, he's coming at it from the wrong angle. Right. He's mad that he sold shares while this purchase was happening, because after Elon Musk made this purchase and became public, the stock prices shot up. Right. So he's mad that he didn't know because he lost money because he sold too soon. This yep. isn't going to go anywhere. I don't but, think. But again, the fact that Twitter's stock price rose 27% after it was announced that Elon Musk bought 9.2% uh, of Twitter stock I'm assuming Twitter, that's why they want him around because this dude, good or bad, is um, the press always follows this guy around. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they figure, okay, we keep this, put this guy on the board, you know, that'll keep our stock price going up because obviously this guy can do no wrong. Right. So the rule where he may have some leverage, the, the SEC rule states, we're reading this article from Gizmodo. Um, that large purchases of stock must be reported to the regulatory agency through the filing of a Schedule 13 after anyone acquires more than 5% of a company. Elon Musk didn't file the document until April 4th, a full 10 days after he reached that 5% threshold. So it seems like there is some date and percentage like 
minutia that is is that made uh, this guy think that you know he may have a leg to stand on. But again, the issue that he has is that he didn't know that this he was lost money before, he, before uh, he sold it. Had he had he known this, he wouldn't have sold, you know, the stock that some of the stock that he had. So he's mad because he lost money because he sold too soon. Hmm. So, so yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. good luck to you, but uh hopefully um <laughs> some other people, you know, can benefit or at the very least, like I said, uh we start to pay more attention good or bad to right. Elon Musk again, I would rather just him shut up somewhere and just go do business, but that's not or just go spend all your money. Just go chill. I mean, so you that, never have to worry about just go relax. That's relax. not the world we live in now. The I know, world we live in now is I need to get this out that I'm doing this, whatever it is, whatever it is. I mean, people will put the craziest things on the internet just so it gets attention because yeah. good or bad we're talking about it because we're talking about it we're on the show talking about it right now instead of saying and we the dude is a clown we're not we gonna give him any attention him. we're talking he has about enough it. already we're talking um, about it exactly that is very true with that let's wrap up for the culture and head on over to the hookup what's our hookup tip for this week all right. So uh, last week we were uh, the show didn't come out because I was on vacation. Um, one of the things that uh, was my responsibility for the vacation is transportation, of course. Um, our our cars, we have no car notes and we have no car notes because we keep our cars for a long time. Um, luckily, for the past couple of years due to COVID, we haven't had to put a lot of miles on them, but they are older cars. So not as much technology and not as much room because when we bought the cars, our family was this big and now they're now we're this big. Right. So taking a five to six hour trip with our family in our cars, cars a little bit older, they're not as smoother. Again, the family's bigger. So we wanted to make this trip as pleasurable as, as pleasurable as possible. So we was like, all right, well, let's go and keep the miles down on our cars because we don't have car notes and our family cars getting up there in age. So we want to keep it as long as possible before we have to actually have to get a new vehicle. So let's keep the miles down. So instead of driving six, 700 miles for this family road trip that we took, oh, we decided to rent a vehicle, went on Enterprise, went on Hertz, went on all these places. You don't really know <laughs> what you're going to get. They tell you you'll get this type of car or similar. You really don't know what you're getting until you get there. And actually they tell you, this is the cars available. This is what we have available. By that time, you're already under the gun. You're, you're behind schedule, on schedule, whatever the case may be. They may not have another vehicle available. Most people just grin and bear it when they get there, right? So what I did is I went on Turo and actually searched around and found a vehicle that fit all of our requirements to take this trip, actually went through, found a vehicle, found the person who was using because this is a car sharing service. You're actually uh, agreeing to use somebody else's car, you know, for this amount of time. We were going to use it for an entire week. So we found a vehicle that fit all of our requirements, you know, as far as space, as far as technology, you know, as far as uh, rideability. And Wait, so this is an actual person's vehicle that you're... 
rented? Um, according to the app, now I'm pretty sure people are, use, are using this as a full-fledged business, and they probably have a fleet of vehicles that they don't really drive. But the idea of the app is, I have a car, I don't use it. Let me rent it out to somebody. Almost like Airbnb. It's not almost. It is the Airbnb vehicle uh, vehicle rental, right? So uh, I hadn't. I tried it. Worked just fine. Uh, never. So surprisingly, uh, so the process is you 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 find the vehicle. Um, you you have to put together your bio because you know you people who are using their hosts who are renting out their vehicles want to find somebody as trustworthy as I want to rent a car from somebody that's trustworthy. So I had to put a profile, you know, verify all my information. Once I found the vehicle, um, I, you know, uh, requested that that I have it for these days. And it's up to the host to agree with that. They agreed with that. I went went out. Now, I didn't know what was going on because I was like texting the dude. I'm almost there. I'm around the corner. I'll be there at this time. This is whatever. So he, you know, kept the correspondence via the app. Once I got there, you know, the app and the host gave me the instructions, take pictures of everything that you think is, might be an issue just for your proof, you know, cause you want to show the condition before and after. Mm-hmm. So went around the car, took a bunch of pictures, some things that, that you know, mostly just regular wear and tear, wear and tear but, car. but I want to make sure I take pictures of things that I'm not going to be then responsible for when I return it in inside, outside, once I told the dude I was done taking the pictures, he told me the cars on, you know, where, where the keys were, found the keys, never met the dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> took his vehicle, packed my family in it for a vacation for the week. When I came back, I parked it similar to where I found it. Again, take pictures to prove that, hey, you know, I, this I, is how I'm leaving it. I left it in the same shape, form and fashion that I found it. Put the, he told me where to put the keys, put the keys back went about my business. So all that to say, my hookup for the week, if you're looking for a, a car, whether it be just for the weekend, for a night, or you're doing a family road trip like I did, and you really want to nail down the actual car that you're going to be renting, uh, check out Turo. Their prices are pretty comparable. Uh, in this case, since I had it so long, I actually saved a couple dollars. It wasn't like a, a great amount, but the fact that I was actually being able to pick the exact vehicle that I was looking for, uh, that was worth going through the process. And I saved, you know, a couple bucks. So if you're looking to rent a vehicle, uh, definitely go to Turo and we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Nice. And no, Charles, it was not an Escalade with Ultra Cruise, but that could have come in handy um, on the trip. Uh, But, you know, I didn't. It looks like we may have lost Terrence for a bit. It looks like his connection might have dropped. But what he was saying is, Charles, he does not. Uh, it was not an ultra cruise and that it might have been handy for a six or seven hour drive. With that being said, we are going to go ahead and start to wrap up the show. I'm trying to give it a couple minutes to see if Terrence is able to pop back on where I am in the news this week. I am nowhere in the news this week. Last week was a pretty uh, busy day, a pretty busy week. So if you want to find out what we were talking about last week, you can head on over to the Tech John and uh, catch me on the Tech John. And you can also catch me on the Thursday episode of DTNS. As usual, you can follow me at 
Tech Savvy Diva on all of your social media platforms. As for Brother Tech, I'm not sure if he's going to be anywhere um, other than on his other podcast, The Tech John, where you can find at the Tech John, J A W N dot com on, uh, on the web. And you can also follow him um, at Brother Tech on all of the social medias. Again, to connect, comment, and share and support our show, you can go to snobwestcast.com to get all of the details. That's going to be it for this week. We thank you guys for joining. We will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.